What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of Marking Our Territory with the Big Dogs, a sports podcast. I'm your host, Garrett Gartino, and across the computer, one of my best friends and my co-host, Zachary Zranz. What's going on, dude? Not too much. How you doing? Doing, doing good. So we're going to go ahead and jump right into things. We're going to do the episode a little bit differently this week. Instead of mixing and matching and putting the segments mixed in with some of the topics, we're going to run through all of our sports topics first and then hit on all the segments that you guys love at the end. So, Running through them topics. Yeah, we, we've been doing a really, really good job of hitting like the one hour mark every single time. And it's kind of like crazy to think that we don't have it planned that way. But every, I mean, I think we've had one one hour, an hour and one minute and an hour and three minute episodes. All right, maybe we'll cut this one down to 59 minutes to keep our average yeah. up. Consistency is key. So uh, we're going to get into something that happened over the weekend, UFC 235. I have been a UFC fan for a really long time, back from the days of Randy Couture, Forrest Griffin, the OG Diaz brothers. Um, Things have changed, man. It's like the UFC has evolved to something that I never thought it was going to be. I mean, look at it now how they're on ESPN. It is really crazy. The fact that they're on ESPN, they've... They're getting a ton of coverage. They've they pretty much made it. They've got rankings for every single thing, every single weight class, which is pretty cool. Now you're like, oh, you're the number five, number five rank. So people at least know where you stand. Uh, like back in the day, just be anyone, anyone fighting out that you didn't really know. They're trying to make it cool. They're trying to make it popular, and it's working. So one of the UFC's biggest draws fought over the weekend, John Bones Jones, the light heavyweight champion. He's, you know, had a bit of a polarizing career with the cocaine car accident. He's taken some PEDs, getting into skirmishes with Daniel Cormier outside of the octagon. He won via decision over Anthony Lionheart Smith in probably one of the most boring fights of recent memory. And, I mean, I don't know what you can say other than John Jones always finds a way to get people out of their game plan. Yeah, and he, he just absolutely gets to execute his completely, and he did that. He just pushed the lion hard up against the wall, didn't let him do shit the whole time. I don't think that guy went through one punch. Bones hasn't been touched in the last, like, two fights pretty much. He, so... Anthony Smith, I didn't know anything about him coming into this fight. He was supposedly a veteran of like 80 professional fights. 31 and 14 in the octagon. Yeah, so that's, I mean, that's insane to think about how many fights that guy has under his belt. And I think he's only like 31 or 34. I I know that he was right around there. I think he was younger than John Jones. But I kind of like, I liked the guy because... Obviously, uh, for those of you that may not have watched, there was an illegal knee that I think happened in the third or the fourth round where Anthony Smith was down on his knees and Jones tried to time it perfectly where Smith was getting up and he threw a knee right into the guy's mush. And we've seen a few times where guys will get hit with those illegal blows and they immediately crumble trying to sell it to the referee. Smith was all game. He continued fighting. And after the fight, I mean, like, he he was really humble. And I, I really like that about some fighters because he, he kept on saying, I don't feel like Jones changed my game plan. I just didn't do anything, which obviously he didn't because he just stood there and got beat up for five rounds. But he seemed like a guy that, like, on a good day, I could definitely see him going out and giving a brawl. 
the guy's a brawler and he uh, he just couldn't beat Jones. It's MMA. It happens. Um, and Jones is the best. The best continues to submit it. Uh, cement that. Yeah, I mean the other co-main event, Woodley, boring ass fighter to me, got pushed around by Usman. Another good that fight, dude. To me. He was for real. He, was, he wrecked him. That like that's like that was the fight that I wish that Anthony Smith would have brought to John Jones because he went in there. He is an ex Olympic wrestling alternate. He's thirty one years old from Nigeria, and that guy like he brought it to Woodley. And Woodley, he's always been the type of fighter that he's looking for either the big knockout or the ground and pound, and he just could get nothing off against Usman. And I I really like I another guy like saying how I. I consider myself a big UFC fan, but I'm not as familiar with like this new era. And Kamaru Usman, he he really impressed me. Nah, yeah, he. I, I hate the way Woodley fights. So I'm glad he lost. Uh, my new guy though is Ben Askren. Like he got his ass kicked in the first five seconds by uh, Lawler. It's kind of a questionable win he had to, and he recovered from me. Ends up getting him in a choke, where he's choking. That his wasn't face. even a choke. It was like a neck crank. It was like a neck crank where he covered his mouth so he couldn't say that he was okay. And there was like maybe a, an early early tap. But Ben Askren, he's like just a straight wrestler, talks a ton of shit. He's white, has like a curly Jufro. And uh, yeah, I mean that's, Those that's guys, what he brings to the table. He, both he of them, puffy. they are more – they're more of like the old school generation. Like Ben Askren, he's been around for a long ass time. I think he was a pride fighter. He was over in Japan – in the one FC and he's definitely just, he's always been like the one B to GSP George St. Pierre as the best wrestler in the game. And he just stifles people. And Robbie Lawler, I mean like talk about a guy that puts on a show. I haven't seen him not throw bombs in five years. Those wars that he's had against Carlos Condit, those were like some of the best fights in UFC history. Yeah. The brawler Lawler. That's all I could say. Do you, do you remember back in the day, this is probably like at close to 10, if not more than 10 years ago, the BJ Penn versus Diego Sanchez fight? Uh, I can't picture that exactly. So BJ Penn, dude, he, he was the lightweight champion and he head kicked Diego, Diego Sanchez. And Sanchez probably had a cut that was like four inches long and three inches deep on his forehead. And he just fought with it wide open for like three rounds. It was insane. You look at some of those pictures and Diego looked like a fucking broken man. So, you know, I, I just I wanted to bring up the UFC because it's one of those things that I've been a fan for a long time and just seeing the way that it's evolved from being only pay-per-view, then going to Fox Sports and now it's on ESPN. It's it's just like it's nice to see, you know, a company that's worth four billion dollars, you know, we can't really call it small, but you know, it's nice to see like a small fighting league that it's grown to where it is and I, I've always loved MMA. They're adding so, a little legitimacy to fighting. Yep. So we will get into a little bit more of the relevant topics. Last week was the NFL Combine. I don't. I don't even really know where you want to start with this. I'll let. I'll let you take over right here because I've got a shit ton of numbers written down, and I. I don't even know where to start with it. The, I mean, the Combine. You take what you. Uh, you take what you want with it. Some people say it's going to tell you what's, if it's a good player, if they ball out, or if it's not. Uh, just some. This Combine, I guess, was the freakish skilled combine it's the fastest wide receiver combine on like average i don't know if that's just saying something about 
people are just so much more athletic these days or it's coming more of a finesse game, speed game. Well, I mean, I, Everyone I have those is numbers. Fast. Yeah, the t- 2019 scouting combine was the fastest on average across all of the positions. The average 40 time was 4.73 seconds. And that was like the fastest, I think, ever. Wide receivers averaged a 4.5. Linebackers averaged a 4.64. And offensive linemen averaged a 5.12. Like, think about those 300-pound, you know, Oompa Loompas running down the field at just over a 5-second 40. That's insane. No one is an Oompa Loompa anymore. No, they're all beasts. Everyone is just a beast. Uh, One of the biggest beasts out there, Dexter Lawrence... And Ed Oliver, Ed Oliver had some uh, some numbers: thirty-six inch vert, two hundred eighty-seven pounds, ten foot broad jump. Uh, the only two other people have done that is JJ Watt and Mario Williams. Those are guys, pretty good guys to size up with. So could size up potentially that way. Dexter Lawrence has um, a wingspan that is seven and a half inches like taller than his height. So he's oh a defensive God. lineman with just incredibly long arms, like. Need that. Need player. long arms. The the one guy three, that stood four, out to me besides quarter inch arms and ten and a half inch hands for Dexter Lawrence. Massive motherfucker. The the one guy that stood out for me that besides DK Metcalf, who we'll get into after this, Mississippi State pass rusher Montez Sweat, six foot six, two hundred and fifty two pounds. He ran a 40-yard dash that was faster than Julio Jones, Odell Beckham, and Antonio Brown. He ran a 4-4-1. 252 pounds, that guy is. I couldn't Could you imagine that guy tackles. running at you? Like, I couldn't even imagine getting tackled. That's the first thing I think. And, I mean, it's just like it's insane some of the specimens that are coming out of, like, the the college football nowadays. Ole Miss wide receiver DK Metcalf, he's an absolute savage 4.33 40-yard dash, 27 reps of – they do 225, right? Mm-hmm. Dude, 27 reps. I'm lucky if I can get up like three of those. And a vertical jump of 40 and a half inches. The only negative about him was that he had a bad three-cone drill, which, I mean, as a wide receiver, I guess it's important. But, I mean, testing in those types of things is not the same as gameplay. And you can work on that. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah, and then I mean you got Kyler Murray comes in at five foot The big story. Five foot ten and one eighth, uh nine and a half inch hands. But kind of the big Tiny story ass with hands. Kyler Murray is that he was a bad interview and you heard him kind of during the Super Bowl week, doesn't really know how to answer questions. Questions are out out there. I'm kind of on record saying that I think he's gonna be a bust. I'm going well, on record, I'll say that's my hot take of the episode. Shh. So Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray he was a first-round pick. baseball before he gets another NFL contract. Exactly. So he was a first-round pick with the Oakland Athletics, and there is a ton, a ton, a ton of smoke around the idea that the Arizona Cardinals are going to take him with the first pick in the NFL draft. Uh, Jason Locke Confora, I think that's what the reporter's name is. He said it's the worst kept secret in the NFL that Kyler Murray is going to go well, number one overall. It definitely is the worst kept secret in the NFL. Cliff Kingsbury loves what Kyler Murray has to offer. And I think even less or even more so of a storyline that's going to come out of that is what do they do with Josh Rosen? I mean, if 
in reality, if you look, if you put Josh Rosen in this year's draft class, he's probably the best quarterback of the group. Yeah, and the and see what he did last year with an just an absolute shitty team, but he did absolutely nothing last year in the NFL. So, how, how did, like this? It definitely sees how. How would you look at the quarterbacks this year too? You got Haskins, Dude. who who he ran fine in the combine. He had a great combine. Big. I think he was slow as shit though. I think he ran over a five. Well, they're like, wow. He's a black guy and he's not a running quarterback. Right. It's they they have like all those assumptions. It's like the about first him. time they've seen like seen all these people, but they've all been out there. Well, Giants fans are calling for them to draft Dwayne Haskins, but that's looking highly unlikely with Dave Gettleman's commitment to Eli Manning. However, that's my Mike Francesa voice. If Josh Rosen could be had for like a third round pick. Do you think that that's something that the Giants or maybe a team like the Jaguars would be interested in doing to get a potential, you know, franchise quarterback at less than a first rounder? Well, the Jaguars are on with Foles, but the Giants. You have that written in ink? Yeah, it's written in ink. Yeah, it was like a greasy last week, bro. You're late. Um, Uh, Well, we didn't report it on this podcast. I don't think that that's legit, but go ahead. I'm going to look it up. Josh Rosen. To the Giants could definitely be something. He's he's still seems like the kind of guy to me that like needs a couple years to uh, be actually a good NFL player. Sit behind Eli, maybe get some garbage time play. A um, couple other landing spots. He could potentially go to the Dolphins. He could potentially go to um, I don't know the Raiders. We're talking about maybe trading Derek Carr, but Raiders. So we could bounce around that. Raiders are probably rumored to be getting Antonio Brown. Yep. There's, so there's a lot of trade. first round pick. So it ends up being Amari Cooper for Antonio Brown, which doesn't seem like I never even thought about it that way. That is a very interesting way of thinking about it. Which is a pretty good deal for the Raiders, I'd say. So there is a lot of trade speculation going on around the league. One thing that I think is nearing the final stages is Case Keenum to the Redskins for a middle round pick, which then could technically open up Denver. To being a part of a Josh Rosen trade because they just recently traded for Joe Flacco, who could become a one or two year stopgap, let Rosen sit on the bench for a couple of years, maybe get a little bit bigger because he was scrawny as hell last year. And, you know, how do you feel about Keenum going to the Redskins? Does that do anything while they wait for Alex Smith to get better from that leg injury? I think that that team is just so bad that they got him for the cheap. Uh, where they get him from the Broncos? They're paying half his contract over there, so they just got him for a little a one round draft pick or seventh round pick and three million bucks to uh, bridge from Alex Smith. Hopefully, their team's better in like a couple years, so just a bridge. Yep, and then the the last and besides Antonio Brown, who I mean. We won't know where he's going until it happens because he's been declaring himself a free agent for the last month and. I'd be surprised to see the Steelers get a first-round pick for him. The other biggest name that's being thrown around out there is Odell Beckham Jr. And I personally find it highly unlikely that the Giants are going to actually trade him a year after they gave him the highest-paid wide receiver contract in NFL history. But there was a report that John Dorsey, the GM of the Browns, called Gettleman and literally got laughed at off the phone. And it's not surprising knowing that John Dorsey is known as one of the most aggressive GMs in the league. I think uh, Odell's going to be that guy that's going to be on the tr- like trade potentially every year because he's just that popular. 
Uh, I don't think he's going to get traded at all. I thought you were going to say that Jordan Howard was the biggest, latest name on the trade block. I mean, Jordan Howard, do you think that the Bears would be better off getting rid of him and leaning on Tariq Cohen? I think the kind of style that they want to run benefits that, but I think that they could get like another Jordan Howard type to just tote the rock 10 to 11 times. Well, you look at what happened last year in the playoffs. The Bears pretty much abandoned Cohen in the second half of the game, and that might have been the reason why they lost. Uh, and I completely agree that there's a lot more Jordan Howards of the world than there is Tariq Cohen's. Because when you have an undersized, you know, techie guy like Tariq Cohen, you, you never know if he's actually going to fit in at, you know, the NFL level. And I think that if they can get back maybe like a, a little bit like a third or a fourth round pick for Jordan Howard, that would be good for the Browns, especially considering that they are not the Browns, the Bears, considering how much they gave up to get Cleo Mack. Yeah, that'd be, they, they definitely could move and replace him the way they used So him. when is the NFL dropped? It's in, it's usually, is it in April or June? April. So we're right around the corner for that, too. The baseball season is going to be starting soon, and we'll have the draft right after that. So it'll be nice to know that we have some sports to talk about. The last thing, speaking of baseball, this is, we don't have to talk long about it, but I wanted to bring up the fact uh, Bryce Harper, he signed that 13-year, $330 million contract with the Phillies. And at his press conference, he said something about how the reason that he signed the deal with the the deal with a little bit less average annual value is because he wanted to give front his front office some space to bring in guys who may be free agents two years from now. That guy is very obviously Mike Trout, and then I think it was yesterday or two days ago, Harper comes out again and he has a direct quote quote where he says if you don't think i'm going to call mike trout in 2020 to have him come to philly you're crazy and now there's a whole hoopla going around the league about tampering very lebron-esque and i don't know i think that it's ridiculous that the mlb has anything negative to say about harper wanting trout to come to his team because who wouldn't want 100 percent. i think that that's good for the game keep like at least get baseball in the news because you're talking about it like that's what makes baseball popular. And, I mean, I don't – do you think that the Philly connection, because obviously Mike Trout is a Philadelphia kid, do you think that there's a high likelihood that he'd be willing to go and potentially play second fiddle to Bryce Harper? I think like, if – I mean, if you see – if the Phillies live up to the hype in the next couple of years and they're a team that's maybe one more piece away from winning the World Series, then I could definitely see that. But if they that, if if Bryce just shits the bed, then which I don't really see happening. I see Bryce excelling. Yeah, no, I, I think that last year Bryce had a really poor first half, and I would not be surprised if contract talks actually got to him. He seems like the type of player that plays with a chip on his shoulder and that is very aware of his surroundings. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if he he had a little bit of a burden on him heading into free agency and especially knowing that the nationals had offered him 300 million dollars halfway through the year and he wasn't willing to accept it so trout to the phillies that would be probably a death sentence for the rest of the national league that would be pretty cool we'll we'll see so, all right, last thing that I want to talk about. This is not exactly sports related, but it's been something that's been on my mind for quite some time. And I'm hoping that off, it may King. drive up. 
it, it may drive us a few more clicks. So I, I'd be lying if I said that I'm not bringing it up for that reason. Zach and I both were we're very big barstool sports fan. Would you agree? I agree. <laughs> so I, I call you know, myself a can, stoolie. Exactly. We'd consider ourselves stoolies, and barstool sports is constantly in the middle of drama on the internet and nine times out of ten i feel like it's completely unwarranted and recently a couple days ago this this girl her name is meal brudeau brudeau i don't know i don't really know how to say her name she started a thread on twitter which is how this goes every single time talking about fuck barstool fuck them ten thousand percent you know this is what they did essentially the way the story goes this girl posted a video, which I think the video was the, uh, it was a holiday themed song or some shit like that. And Barstool tweeted it out and didn't give her credit. So she DM'd them asking them to credit her or maybe she didn't. When they never ended up crediting her, she did a DMCA file to take down the video. And after that happened, Barstool reached out to her to try and make amends. And where things went wrong was that Barstool DM'd her from like five different accounts trying to get her to just acknowledge them. And I think that's where like the whole thing started is that like she didn't want to cooperate with the Barstool main account. So then they went ahead and DM'd her from other accounts. And then now she has the ammunition to call that harassment. Um. I mean, you can stop me if I'm like just rambling, but it's just like it's amazing how little things like that where it's just the Internet where videos get circulated everywhere immediately flips on its head and turns into these people are sexist. These people are racist. These people are misogynistic. And then you have Deadspin who fucking makes their money writing hit pieces about Barstool, being able to have comments that say, which is ridiculous. They're not just criticizing Barstool themselves. They're talking about the fans of their content. They say, you deserve to be criticized if you support Barstool and or treat them as anything other than the corporate equivalent of the MAGA hat teen. Soft-ass people. It's- I don't even know what you want to call them. Like, the the left, fucking libcucks. I don't even know, feminists. Just that, that's, that like... It's not even that. It's just the people that get offended by things. Well, I, I mean, it, I think that that's just like people not understanding how the internet works. Because, I, I mean, I, I have a serious subscription. So I listen to Barstool Radio all day long. And every single one of their programs had a take on what happened. And all of them felt like shit about the non-credit for this girl's video. They said we should have credited her. We should not have offered her a $50 gift card, which that's that's probably one of the stupidest things they could have done. They emailed her from from their lawyer and said, hey, here's a $50 gift card. Let's let's make amends. And that was dumb because what is this girl going to do with a bunch of barstool swag or a car stick? Um, it's yeah. <laughs> From the outside of Barstool, they have this constant perception that Barstool only caters to Trump supporters or conservatives and frat bros. It shows that Barstool is actually a strong company and kind of has a little backing 
because if, in, the, in these days and age, like if the one thing on the internet doesn't take you down like immediately or get you canceled, if you're able to like still be okay the next day or just brush it off like it's nothing, like you're a fucking pretty big ass company. Like, well, they're the fastest growing media company in the world right now. And uh, just finishing my thought from before, it's funny because everyone thinks that they're MAGA bros from the outside, but from the inside, all the stoolies and all the fans love to make fun of them, calling them libstool because they're, you know, they make so many comments that may reflect the liberal agenda, which in reality, that makes you believe there should make you believe that they're pretty much right down the middle. And I hate that we're talking about politics on this, you know, on this podcast, but it's like, it's, it's ridiculous that a media company that's out there making content, making jokes, you know, trying to report sports news in a way that's more relatable for, you know, their, their slogan, for the common man, by the common man. I just, I don't understand why their name has to be synonymous with everything that's wrong with people nowadays. And that, like, it just, I feel a need to defend them because I consider myself a stoolie. I love everything they put out there. We wouldn't have started this podcast if it wasn't for the platform that Barstool has out there. And it's just like, it, it's something that grinds my gears. And I probably, I've made probably zero cohesive thoughts through all of this, but it, it's just something. No, it's to, just, they're haters. And if you're, you don't have haters, you're not doing something right. And so, amen. Barstool's killing it. And like, that lady is going to be forgotten tomorrow. Yep. So, uh, you know, I hope that that narrative changes eventually when these people start to realize that they can't point the finger every time and Barstool's going to the fucking moon. So Okay, time for, you know what's going to take us to the moon? A, a little more lighthearted, yeah, a little more lighthearted topic. Today, Thursday, March 7th, National Cereal Day, top three, bottom three cereals. That is definitely what we needed. As I watch you just swallow that water, I'm going to go and take a sip too. You want to start with the top or the bottom this week? Top. Let's go. I'll, I'll kick it off with my top. I'm going to go I'm, – I'm an unconventional cereal ranker. I'd say I'm not a – I'll put it out there in the beginning. I, I don't love the super sugary, ridiculous cereals. I'm kind of a t- traditional breakfast cereal eater. Sometimes late night cereal eater. So Yeah, that cereal is better at night. My number three, I'm going to go with uh, Frosted Mini Wheats. Mm, I, I fuck with mi- Frosted Mini Wheats. It's actually like most cereals don't fill me up, and that's a cereal that would actually like fill me up. It's not like over-the-top sugar. So it's got that like half coating. See, when I eat and Frosted Mini Wheats, do you, do you put a lot or a little milk with your Mini Wheats? Um, I'm a low milk I'm like just enough milk. I don't love like the the drowning and drinking a ton of milk after I'm done. Well, see the problem when you put too much milk is that then you have to put more cereal in at the end. And then you end up having like a poor ratio again. So then you have to put a little bit more milk in. But especially with frosted mini wheats, I like doing like as minimal amount of milk as possible because I like it when they're nice and hearty and not like soggy as shit. Mm-hmm. That's all right. I like that one. That was That was a good start. So I'll go with a little bit more of a traditional one then for my number three. I fuck hard with cinnamon checks. Checks. I had checks. Checks in like life is an honorable mention. Yeah, I mean cinnamon checks, honey checks. Uh, not so much the frosted checks, but like I like the crunch out of those. And cinnamon checks was always like 
it was like the last thing that was always in my pantry because no one else in the family wanted to eat it. So I just like started becoming the scavenger that would eat it all the time. And I, I ended up addicted. Checks. All right. Uh, I, I fucked with that. My number two, it, it, this is a tough one. This is probably the most popular choice. This is like my one, uh, my one cereal that I would always be able to get the, uh, cinnamon toast crunch, just the CT crunch classic incredible in the milk incredible little square of just fire well i i was gonna throw the french toast crunch in my top three but i'm just gonna go ahead and make it as like an honorable mention because have you ever fucked with the french toast crunch eh, it's overrated oh see like i like it more than the cinnamon it, toast i don't crunch. like like syrup taste flavored cereal the only thing that i can say was bad about the french toast crunch is that i feel like between the time that you open the bag and you pour it into your bowl, it gets stale. Like it was never a crunchy enough cereal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Cinnamon Toast Crunch, definitely one of my favorites. Um, and very similar to my number one, which I feel like may be a slightly debated uh, cereal. But my number two, the Oreo O's. Did you ever have I those? I never had those. Yeah, see, we were talking about this right before we started the episode, how we're kind of like at that age now where we weren't able to try all of the specialty cereals that came out. And Oreo O's was one that came out probably like late high school, maybe right around college for us, or at least that's when I first started noticing it. And I fuck hard with with Oreos, and it's just like literally having a bunch of tiny mini Oreos in your mouth with a bowl of cereal and it's, or a bowl of milk, and it was fantastic. That's a dessert cereal. Well, I, I'd say that most cereals are dessert cereals, but you being the more traditional type, uh, <laughs> y- you may feel that way. That's ridiculous. I can't even believe how – like that's probably so good because I love Oreos too. But like I, I, could, I couldn't put that on my top. I couldn't put like cookies, cookies as like cookie crisp. Uh, that was I another one honorable mention in my top. I, I, I couldn't be in my top. Well, like I said, I prefer the cereal Not at me. night. Late night cereal is like the best cereal. So I I think that that's probably why I like a little bit more of the dessert types. I mean, I I definitely got a couple of the honorable mentions, but so, so this is it. Number one, this is going to just ruffle some feathers. I have a feeling that your number one is going to be one of my bottoms. Might be. This might ruffle some feathers, but I don't really care. It's going to be the cereal that I've eaten the most. Rice Krispies. Oh, I definitely have those in my bottom. They're so fucking boring. Bro, you throw that Rice Krispies in there, some fruit. You can throw a banana. You can throw strawberry, that cold milk. It's just you can take like the biggest bites when it's got that perfect amount of like sog crunch. It's not like fucking your mouth up. It's just a great cereal. You could eat the biggest bowl. So now, I I mean, I understand where you're coming from, but if I was going to have that type of cereal, I'd much rather have like the cocoa or fruity pebbles because like a bag of fruit cocoa pebbles, you could literally put like half the bag in one bowl of cereal because they're so small. Dude, I no, I mean, you could, but the fruity pebbles, I, I just don't fuck with that super sweet type cereal. Like, There's a trend here, like, folks. Honorable mentioned Fruit Loops. I fucked with like Fruit Loops. That'd be about as far as I'd go on like that kind of like fruity, sweet flavored cereal. Well, you may like my number one because I definitely would not consider it a, a you know a sugary cereal. Golden Grams. And the funniest Never had part. Those. Oh my <laughs> god, dude! The funniest part about Golden Grams is that they've always been my favorite, except 
I didn't have a legit box of Golden Grams until college. Uh, my dad would always buy. I don't know if you had this when you were a kid because you probably were much more well off than me. But Walmart would have these massive bags, dude. They were like probably the size of my torso. I, I know what like you're talking about. You go ahead. I had some like Walmart Fruit Loop type deals. Like some friends had the fucking like Walmart like Cheetos and shit. And dude, it was about. like the bag, like I said, would be as big as my torso. And it was just this knockoff brand of Golden Grams. And I would eat them in the morning. And within like 37 seconds of finishing, I would have to take the most massive shit. <laughs> and like, I don't know if that bowel movement like made me like them even more. But Golden Grams just has a special place in my heart where it's like, it, it's like when I'm sick, I'll go and get a box of Golden Grams because I'm like, oh, I need to flush out my system. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst reason I like these things. <laughs> but they're I've delicious, never, dude. I, I would highly implore So what is it, just a graham cracker cereal? Uh, they're picturing- similar to Cinnamon Toast Crunch except not cinnamony. I don't like. I don't even know how to describe them. Is it a graham cracker? No, dude. And Why are they called th- Golden Grams? I, I don't know. I don't know how to. Ex- I'm gonna look it up. I, you, is it like? Is it like a Teddy Graham? Or is that what those things are called? I is almost little... bought some. I almost bought some Teddy Grams the other day because <laughs> I I've been fucking with this dessert hummus. I've got this Snickerdoodle dessert hummus. Oh my god! Have you ever Have you ever tried that before? No, what is okay? Ridiculous. I'm on Golden Grams. I'm looking them up. What okay? People also ask. On, on Google, what do Golden Grams taste like? It consists of small toasted square-shaped cereal pieces made of whole wheat and corn. The taste is a mix of honey and brown sugar. The cereal Cinnamon Toast Crunch, known as Cinnamon Grams, or curiously Cinnamon in the UK, and French Toast Crunch developed out of Golden Grams. See? So Golden Grams are the OG Cinnamon Toast Crunch. No, OG French Toast Crunch is what it No, both like. of them it said. It said Cinnamon Toast Crunch... And French Toast Crunch. So they call Cinnamon Toast Crunch Cinnamon Grams in the UK? Or Curiously Cinnamon. Furiously Cinnamon? Curiously. See, Curiously. Curious. I like Furiously Cinnamon. (laughs) You like pour... Yo, give me a box of those Furiously Cinnamons. Let's see. Wow. Okay. Here, here. People also asked: Are Golden Grams the same as Cinnamon Toast Crunch? Cinnamon Toast Crunch and Golden Grams are the same cereal with a different coating. <laughs> <laughs> so, so essentially, I love Cinnamon Toast Crunch, but only if it says Golden Grams and it gives me diarrhea <laughs> right afterwards. Okay, good to know. Right, get into those bottom ones. Those right, bottom okay. bitches. Let me kick it off then. My bottom, my number three, Raisin Bran. Uh, you guys were hyping it up earlier, but it's just, it was just something that was in my house that I never liked, even like the look of the box. So I never even dared to eat it, and it just has a bad stigma in my mind of cereal. So I, in my bottom, I have. I'm going to say this for my number three as well. I have Bran cereal, but really, what I mean is fiber cereal. Like, if there's anything that, like, the biggest word on the box says fiber, you know that it's going to taste like shit. And, the, I, like, my grandma used to have these things. Like, she, I would go over to her house. She'd be like, oh, you want some fiberos? Oh, uh, that's on the bottom. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and say my number two as well because 
This is one of the ones that I thought you were going to have in your top, but I guess you not being a sugary type, Apple Jacks. I Apple fucked Jacks, with Apple Jacks. I Apple imagine. Jacks are whack as fuck. They're Love the loops, so baby. gross. The circle I, cereals. <laughs> I don't know how anyone could like Apple Jacks. So fire. Jockeys. So, all right, give me your number two. Tricks cereal. And like Fruity Pebbles, like that just straight fruit, that ball of tricks is just horrible. Did, didn't tricks also have like an all berries? Yeah, that was that's what I'm talking about. Tricks all berries, any kind of tricks, just that that texture of cereal was something I didn't fuck with at all. Like it was it never like got not crunchy. I didn't I like feel that. bad because it's like when we're talking we did I don't even know if this was on this podcast or the podcast that we did before this podcast, we did the top and bottom chips. Like there's no cereal I wouldn't eat except for maybe that. Chi- I wouldn't eat tricks. The fiber cereal I wouldn't eat, but that I don't even consider that cereal. That's like, like hard oatmeal. But my bottom one, I don't know if I could like, I can't even like look at it. It's so disgusting. Corn pops. <laughs> Those aren't bad. Oh, I've maybe had those like one time cereal. though. I've only had I've probably had that one time. Like pops, yeah, the yellow box. Yeah, they're the type of cereal that like when you eat it and then drink the milk, you have a, like the most disgusting taste in your mouth for the rest <laughs> of the day. You're just burping up corn pops for the uh, rest of the day. Nothing worse than a cereal burp. Uh, pretty much milk burps in general. Like like milk burps. We're too old to be having milk on a regular basis. That's for like fucking children. That's pretty disgusting. Okay, my number one. It's pretty much along the same lines, but people love this, so I'm going to maybe ruffle some feathers again. Captain Crunch. Uh, I won't say I dislike Captain Crunch, but I I had a traumatic experience where I had Captain Crunch, Captain Crunch, and it cut the fuck out of the top of my mouth. Yeah, okay, so the old Captain Crunch, it was like artificially crunchy, and it would like rub the skin off of the roof of your mouth and like fuck up your teeth and shit i hated it i i don't like then there's like peanut butter crunch i don't really like peanut butter cereal so i fuck with anything peanut butter don't fuck with that at all uh could it be me so i i the only other honorable mention i have which is i i don't want it to relate to your frosted mini wheats just shredded wheat shredded wheat is just like it's like eating cardboard I don't know if I ever had those. It's pretty much the same thing as your frosted mini wheats, except without the frosted. True. So, all right. Well, that that was like a nice little segue into something a little bit more, a little bit more lighthearted. We needed some serial talk on this podcast. I feel like we're flying through today's episode. So flying, we, we're almost done, right? Yeah, we got two more two more segments for everybody. I know we're we're laboring through this one. I'm sorry, we're we're laboring along with you guys. So all right, this one this one's gonna be quick because I'll shout like we're bringing it back. It's uh, things I learned this week on the Joe Rogan podcast. This week was the uh, the return of Alex Jones, who I really have never uh, heard his heard his whole deal. So. It was interesting to see him in the Joe Rogan environment, which is c- consumable for everyone. It was he's a four-and-a-half-hour podcast. He's the one that says Hillary Clinton is a lizard person. Yes, he says very many ridiculous things. He rambled 
so long, and I can't believe I listened to a four and a half hour podcast, but... You made it through the entire thing? Yeah. Dude, that's insane. I just listened to it all day today at work. I, at one point, you texted me and you said, dude, I can't even talk right now. I'm so woke. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I felt, man. I, I was just ingesting basically four hours of shit I've never even heard in my entire life. And his voice is like... It, it like it screams conspiracy as soon as you Dude, hear him. He talk. was doing all these like voice inflections of people he was like mocking. There's this <laughs> uh, so so I learned about the Virginia governor who is supporting late term abortions and harvesting organs of fetuses. Oh my god! And he'd be like, "We just resuscitate the kids and we keep them comfortable." <laughs> and oh, now like no. Alex Jones, it was so hilarious. But so I learned that they um, harvest baby organs to keep them alive and ship them out, ship them out in planes within three hours of them being born or something. Uh, now, does this actually happen or is this an Alex Jones conspiracy? I mean, the governor said that they keep babies alive. How many times during this podcast did Joe Rogan do, bro, you're starting to fucking freak me out. Like three times. Oh, I, 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 I'm I gonna have to it, gets, to it gets better. It gets better. I learned that the 5G, the new internet, is loaded with uh, like brain scrambling waves that are gonna create mental illness and like project uh, just basically country diffusing thoughts. That's something my dad would believe in. 5G, bro. Don't fuck with the 5G. It I hope my dad doesn't listen to this literally podcast. Literally, will rearrange your DNA. So oh. don't fuck with 5G. Uh, and then the, I guess almost a piece of resistance is the uh, the cow slash pig human hominoids and human flesh farms that China is running. Okay. That they're <laughs> combining cow and human DNA to create larger humans where they're growing humans in cow uterus and mixing them with like half pigs and creating like shit like that human flesh farms where they're like rebuilding all the shit like checks out. Like there'll be like the, the tip of the iceberg basically. And then like Alex Jones is the entire thing under the water. Like he's the most informed man on earth. What's crazy is I also learned that his like dad was a army doctor or in the army, it's like since he was like in junior high and was like either an army, I think he was an army dentist and was in all these like classified ass missions and shit. Okay. His grandfather the- was like fucked up, like f- fucking around with uh, the Nazis and stuff. So he's in there. What what would be the end goal of these human, pig, cow, humanoids? Bigger people. Um more organs to harvest to keep like super rich, powerful aliens alive, shit like that. Oh my god, dude. I like I don't even know if I can listen to that episode now. I was like I have a four hour drive dude. ahead of me tomorrow and I feel like I need to, but at the same time, like I don't have the brain capacity to be ingesting what Alex Jones has you're for gonna me. You're going to get you're you're not even going to be able to talk, bro. You're going to be so woke. Oh my god. Well, good <laughs> thing I'll be doing it alone. I, I don't well, know. You dude, if you're a 4-hour drive alone, I 100% suggest you listen to it. <sighs> okay. 
Go ahead. You said one you got more. one more thing. That the moon that he believes that the moon landing happened, but that the footage of the moon landing is fake. Because moon radiation and solar radiation waves destroyed the the actual footage and at the time there was no backups, so they they've recreated it as basically a PR stunt. Okay, well, that might be the most logical thing that you or Alex Jones has said. That actually, like, that almost kicked off our our top three, bottom three was going to be conspiracy theories this week because of this one. But serials was probably less woke for you guys. My my top conspiracy is that Mountain Dew kills sperm in young boys. So I, I remember being told that when I was a kid. I don't know if it was by my parents or who, right. but I so definitely was told that. just go listen to that Alex Jones podcast. I'm not going to lie. Last time that you did this, I was able to take something away from it. I'm I'm just kind of shook right now. Like I don't I don't have anything to say about what you just taught me or taught us. I don't have anything to say about it either. Hopefully our listeners aren't aren't turned off by what what the truth and the wokeness that the you just truth. put upon them. Don't and like hashtag free Alex Jones. I don't really know like about how ridiculous he is, but he seems like he shouldn't be very censored. ridiculous. He He's very be ridic- censored. I don't know if I can condone that. I just, I want everyone to know that this is not a hashtag free Alex Jones podcast. It may be only half a hashtag free Alex Jones podcast, but that's to be determined. <laughs> we'll see. All right. On to the final most lighthearted part of the entire episode my favorite part something that i'm hoping we make some progress on today the marking our territory trivia we're owen owen two and owen two in our two categories so today i think is the day we might have we might have gone easy on each other the, my, I, I wanted to go easy on you, but it felt like it was going to be way too easy if I did it. So um, I want to go first this time. Do, should we do both questions or, or should we go back and forth? Back and forth with the topic. Okay, go ahead. You, I want to I wanna try try my look at the first go. I thought, oh, you want me to ask you first? Yeah. Okay, we'll do baseball. So since you, taught, you said 2000s baseball is up until now. Mm-hmm. My question my question is the first game of the 2014 season was played where Baseball has had like a bunch of games outside of the United States. I'm not going to say where because I thought you might have known this. Cuba. <laughs> oh, no, not even close. Not even close. You got it right though. It's an island. It's Australia. Yeah. Two I, games. I, Dodgers and D-backs played in Australia. That's a very random question. That was that's a good one. That like I probably I don't think I should have known, but like that that was a good question. When when did we play? In- four, four four seasons like t- 2010 to 2014 was in Japan, and then they've had openers in Mexico and Puerto Rico. I thought they had one. They played like a. a they had a regular season game, like a mid-season game in Cuba recently. Oh, okay. Whatever. That that was a little bit deflating. I was really hoping that I was going to like start this off with like a big bang, but nope. They're playing in Japan this year. Just It'll be Ichiro's last hurrah. Yep. So, all right, you want to start with your baseball then? Yep. Okay. 
It's very similar to the format of last uh, last week's question. It's going to be multiple players for this answer. So, since 2000, there have been three players that have led the AL in batting average three or more times. Name them. If, I, I'm hoping you, I think you can get at least two of these. Since the 2000s, led the AL in batting average? The AL in bat- batting average three or more times. That's why I thought that this would be okay, because that's, that's at least three nine years. Times. Since since two thousand eh? I like I feel like I just had like a brain fart from it. Like I feel like there's too much information to take in. Well just think about people that have led the AL in batting average. Which I don't even know if you can do that. Yeah, I mean the the what the most recent one should be the easiest. Is is it Jose? Jose. Jose. <laughs> I want to say I want to say the one Jose I'm thinking of. I want to see if there's another. I, is it Jose Ramirez? No. Nope. Not. <laughs> is Dustin Pedroia? Is Dustin Pedroia one? Nope. <laughs> oh man, you were so close with Jose. Go back to Jose so you at least get one. Jose Reyes? No. Nope. He wasn't in the AL. He was on the Mets forever. I, that's what I'm saying. What other Jose's are there? Oh, man. This is a bad look. It's a bad baseball look for me. I told you. I just like I just clammed up right when you asked the question. Do you, do you want one more I, guess so you could try and get at least one out of three? A-Rod? Oh, Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> this was so bad. Jose Altuve. Oh, he fuck. he's won it three out of the last four years. Before I, I like, I don't even know that guy's name is Jose. I just like he's just known as Altuve. Before him, Miguel Cabrera won it four out of the last five years. Ah, triple crown. And then Joe Mauer. That's that's just bad for me. So deflating. This whole episode has been just like a... a I literally was only thinking of like Yankees and Red Sox. <laughs> Maybe we should switch to just Yankees and Red Sox trivia because I, I, last time I was I had friggin' Jacoby Ellsbury on the brain. It's bad. We're, I mean, I think we know baseball. We're not locked in at all. This is, I'm telling you, man, this whole episode's been something. So you want me to go? You want you want to go snake draft? Uh, I'll I'll give you yours, and then I'll end. Jesus Christ, this is this is something. Okay, remember this could have been easier, but I'm giving it to you the hard way. Mm, giving it to you the hard way. In 2018. Thank you. In 2018, Taco Bell celebrated its most successful product launch in history. Product launch, not product lunch. Most successful product launch in history with nacho fries. During the five-week rollout, how many orders were sold? Was the question, was it going to be what is their most successful product launch? Yeah. Would you have gotten nacho fries? Yeah, Yeah, I I knew you would have gotten that. uh, Okay, how many did they sell? In five weeks. Five weeks. In five weeks. (laughs) <laughs> that gotta place. really really think about that one 
And this is one of those ones where if you get it within a certain range, I'll give it to you. Nationwide. Do they do like five million orders? No. Mo- so much higher. More, more. I'll give you one more guess because I need one of us to get a question right. Is it 10 million? 53 million. I was going to say 50 million and I was like, there's no way that it's 50 million. 53 million orders of nacho fries in five weeks. I ate them like twice. Dude, I fuck hard with the nacho fries. <laughs> I, I can bet you anything that the fiance is going to call me when she gets out of class tonight and she's going to be like, what should I get for dinner on my way home? And I'll be like, you should probably get us some nacho fries. And you're going to get mm-hmm. them. I just, I just had like that deep swallow of hunger. All right. You're going to, are you going to save us? I sure hope so. I, I really thought when we were coming up with our topics that I was going to be good at nutritional facts. And I've been really like pretty much every time I've been half off. So maybe this time, if I think that I'm anywhere close, I'm just going to double it. Since you uh, you hyped up some ramen noodles earlier, you had your fancy restaurant ramen. I'm going to kick it back old school with the plastic square boil on the pan shitty ramen. Maruchan. You're, Maruchan. What, what they're known best for is just being salty as a motherfucker. So you're going to have to give me the sodium in one pack. I knew that that's where this was going when we first talked about it. Okay. Now, it's there's no way I can double this number. Are you going to – do you want to give me the – I'll give you a bonus of the percentage of daily value that it contains. So I have to guess. So just give me the sodium. No, that's – It's yeah, in, in sodium in milligrams, right? Milligrams. You can give me it in grams if you want. No, I don't, I don't want to do it in that because it sounds so much bigger in milligrams. Um, holy shit. I, I have a number that's stuck in my head, but I want to double it just so that I, I, I go with my gut. I'm going to, I'm going to split the difference. Let's go 4,000 milligrams. Say that again. 4,000 milligrams. Do you think you're close? Uh, I originally wanted to say... You're not. You're not even close. I wanted to say 2,500, and then I wanted to say 5,000, so I tried to split it. You're just going to get a lot of of horns on that one. You're going to have to go lower, big dog. Lower? Yep. Wow, I never would have guessed that. Now I feel like a little bit better because I felt like that was... 830. Dude, I thought that that was the saltiest thing I've ever ingested in my life was... You don't get four grams of salt in Dude, one cup of I don't know. This, oh, this, oh, my God. This episode sucked. I don't even... I can't even believe... Okay, so 800 milligrams, the percent daily value. That's got to be like 71%. You should have split the difference on that one, too, because it's like 35%. Oh, my God. Dude, ramen. Ramen's not even that bad for you. I'm going to go back to eating ramen. Ramen is low-key good for you. Let's get it. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. I can't even believe this. I, I, I don't know where we went wrong.
free Alex Jones. Let's eat some ramen. We'll talk to you guys next week. Oh, rate, review, subscribe, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Anchor.fm. We love you all. Love you guys. Peace.